0: Hey everyone! Thanks again for uh, joining us. We have another Flyover Labs uh, podcast, and today we are lucky enough to have Troy Vosler. Uh, Troy's is, a, in my opinion, a true Wisconsinite, and uh, we're lucky to have him in Madison. So I was excited to hear that he'd be willing to chat with us today. Troy, uh, thanks for thanks for joining us.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So Troy, he can he'll tell you a little bit more about his background, but. Uh, He's a he, He's a busy guy. He's a co-founder of Generator, uh, Sky yep. Nation, and uh, Scotty mm-hmm. Beer, and uh, so Troy, before we get into some of those uh, specific companies, can you maybe just provide a a brief overview of your background, just so people get a feel for when when things yeah, happen? for sure that'd be great.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm based here in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, been here ever since going to undergrad at UW. Um, which is also where I started my first company. So, Scotty Nation, the t shirt company. Um, so although I work in kind of high tech startups today, uh, you know, my, my entrepreneurial career path really started with something uh, about as low tech as you can get it, which is a screen printed t shirt. So, um, started that company with a friend of mine who I met, uh, in the dorms. And, uh, I've been selling t shirts ever since we started that company in the spring of 2004. Um, eventually that morphed into, uh, what I do today, which is Generator, which is a startup accelerator based here in Madison as well as Milwaukee, um, which works with companies from all over the world uh, to help them grow and um, connecting them with mentors and customers and investors. And I should point out, in the meantime, I, I did get my law degree and my MBA um, and, and uh, dabbled in, in that stuff uh, for a brief period of time. But nevertheless, I've always remained in uh, entrepreneurial endeavors uh, you know, throughout my time here.
0: Yeah, you have, you have quite the background, that's for sure. So how old were you when you started Sky Nation?
1: Yeah, so I was a freshman in college. Um, wow. So I was 19 at the time. Uh, we started in the spring semester of our freshman year, uh, so the spring of 2004.
0: All right, interesting. And and how how did you get going? What was that first T-shirt thing?
1: Yeah, had? it's a good story. So um, my co-founder Ben Fickner and I um, – Met by virtue of living in the same dorm. So we were both in Turner Hall uh, in the Cronsted dorms out in Lakeshore here at UW Madison. Um, became friends and both realized that we had this entrepreneurial bug, if you will, and wanted to start a company together. But we had no idea what that company was going to be. So we were just constantly brainstormed different business ideas, um, whether it was walking to class or eating at the cafeteria together, uh, you know, just always brainstorming different ideas. And it ranged everything from an online dating service just for UW students. And You got to keep in mind, this is free Facebook and much less Tinder and all those other yeah. things that exist today, uh, all the way to a company that would fill up gasoline containers at gas stations off campus and then fill up students, mopeds and scooters on campus. Uh, so you didn't have to drive out to the gas station. Um, but we realized, you know, we didn't want to be a professional matchmaker. We didn't want to smell like gasoline all day. None <laughs> of these things we were really passionate about. And so, um, we had always heard the word Scotty used uh, around campus and around Madison. Uh, and we thought that there was an opportunity to create a brand around it. So it was definitely uh, a word and a brand that resonated a lot with us, um, you know, very much in line with kind of what cheesehead is and, and, and that whole movement. Uh, and so saw an opportunity to allow people to display their pride for being from Wisconsin or their pride in Wisconsin without having to wear a foam block of cheese on their head. And so, with $300 each, uh, we started the company with 600 bucks. We printed 100 t shirts of two different styles and uh, ended up selling them out of our dorm room, mostly to friends and friends of friends and other people who lived in the dorm, but nevertheless sold out in about a week. And at that point, you know, we realized that we were onto something. And so from that point forward, Ben and I just constantly reinvested the profit back into the company. That allowed us to add new styles, new designs. Um, and continue to grow that business. So we went from selling t-shirts out of our dorm to eventually selling online at scanty.com to eventually selling at third-party retailers. So the first one being The Den, which used to exist on State Street where the new Colectivo is across the State Street Brock. Um Later, we worked with retailers like UW Bookstore and Bucky Blocker, the name of the game, stores like that. Um, and as I mentioned, we continued to grow very much organically. The word of mouth was spreading. We did a lot of work on social media, as Facebook and later Twitter were coming online as as popular platforms. Um, And so you're creating a lot of brand goodwill with that. During that kind of entire time, we had worked with Underground Printing, which is the name of our screen printer, um, who they actually produced the shirts, printed the shirts, and then we would sell them. Uh, And so they were aware of the volume we were doing because we were placing orders through them. And at the same time, they were trying to open storefronts in college towns for custom screen printing. So their business relied a lot on college student organizations, fraternities, sororities, uh, local nonprofits, charities, things like that. Um, and so they wanted to open a store in Madison. Uh, in addition to offering, you know, drop-in custom screen printing services, they also wanted to, you know, maximize their retail square footage with uh, with retail, so over-the-counter retail sales. And so uh, it made sense uh, for us to partner with each other at that time, and uh, and they opened you know, the underground printing Scandi Nation store, uh, which still exists on State Street today, that opened in the summer of 2007. Uh, So that's been um, a brick and mortar outlet in addition to the website since then. Um, So that's really been the journey on the Scandi side. It's definitely been a lot of fun coming up with new t-shirts and staying timely and on top of pop culture and Wisconsin culture, things like that. Um, So I continue to have a lot of fun with it.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome story. And so you're still involved on a
1: yeah. part time basis. So yeah, uh, yep, still still in the company. Uh, yeah. How how the business is structured today is uh, you know I grant an exclusive license of our trademark, our brand, if you will, to Underground Printing, and then they operate the store that we have on State Street. Um, so they manage employees, they you know own the inventory, um, as well as handle all the online order fulfillment. So they pull, pack, and ship um, t-shirts that are sold online on our behalf. Uh, and that's all in exchange for a royalty. Um, so it's set up as a licensing deal today, um, and and that's great because it, it allows me to focus on you know the fun stuff, which is you know coming up with new t-shirt styles and maybe idea- in flow games and designs and things of that nature. Uh, and I'm welcome to be as involved as I want to be, um, which is great. Uh, while at the same time allows me to pursue other entrepreneurial endeavors. You know, in this case, generator.
0: Interesting. So that's cool. You get to come up with slogans. Do you, Do you have a? And then we'll get the generator. But do you have? I'll put you on the spot. Do you have a, a favorite slogan that you've uh printed for us? For yeah, I Scott? mean,
1: our most successful T shirt yeah. has been "We'll never forget you, Brent," uh, which um, it was really a, a customer who came in with the idea. Uh, <laughs> you know, the story, the backstory is that at the time we were selling a T shirt, green and gold T shirt that. Um, uh, had uh, Brett Favre's uh, face on it and said, Brett is my homeboy. Uh, and then, so this was a pro Brett Favre t shirt at the time when he was still with the Packers. Uh, and obviously he went through all the turmoil of retiring and unretiring and, and the waffling back and forth, eventually leading him to be traded to the Jets. Um, and so at the time we had a customer come in who saw that t shirt that we that now we were clearing out, Brett is my homeboy. Uh, and he said, Hey, I have a really clever idea. I want you guys to run with it. And that was, we'll never forget you, Brent. Um, so he was gracious enough to let us, you know, commercialize it. And it became a huge success. And took, we superimposed the, the graphic that we had on the, the Pro Barf t-shirt, put it along with the Shape of Wisconsin around it, adding the text, we'll never forget you, Brent. And it was a huge hit, you know, being featured on uh, Fox Sports Net and many other websites um, uh, and continues to sell to this day. Um, but I think a lot of us have become more friendly. No, that's a Mr. great idea. So, lately, so do,
0: do you have to trademark that, or how do you protect yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah we don't. You know, um, trademark is really unique to a brand, yeah. not not yep. so much a slogan. You know, it's a source of it's a source identifier. Um, so in that case, no, we didn't. You didn't have any intellectual property. There were plenty of people who who ripped off the the slogan and the design, um, and it's nothing that we pursued, frankly, because you know it was a big, huge success for us. Uh, and we were happy with that success, and um, you know, if anything, we, we we were flattered by the the exposure that it got.
0: Nice, and and for those of uh, everyone out there who's not in Madison, the Scanni name is all over the place. So if you're in Madison for a year, you'll you'd see Scotty all over. But so so with that, you come buy a T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, come buy a T-shirt. Let's uh move on to generator, which is a uh, yeah. The, the big uh big topic for today and so troy could you just give a brief overview on what generator is for people who might not know you know what accelerator? is yeah. and stuff that'd be great sure thing
1: so generator is a startup accelerator um at our, at our core we're a venture capital fund so individuals and other funds invest money into generator and then through the generator fund we go out and we scour the united states and even the world looking for the best and most creative entrepreneurs and startup companies that we can find, uh, we, we then encourage those companies to apply to our program online. From there, we, we whittle it down and ultimately select five companies per program that we make a cash investment in. So we invest twenty thousand dollars in exchange for usually six percent ownership in the business. We then invest an additional seventy thousand dollars on top of that in their next financing round. Um, and for Wisconsin-based companies, even on top of all that, there's an additional fifty thousand dollars. So For companies that are accepted to Generator, they have access to up to $140,000 of guaranteed funding. So with those companies, we invest in them. So now we have an ownership stake in them. They actually work out of our office, either in Madison or Milwaukee, for three months, during which time we're connecting them with mentors, potential customers, our corporate partners, as well as potential investors. So the program is is very focused on growth, helping the companies grow, holding them accountable uh, by meeting with them on a regular basis, um, providing structure and efficiency around them, connecting with mentors, customers, customers, and investors, um, but, again, highly focused on growth. So you can think of an accelerator as a venture capital fund, um, but it invests in many companies all at once, so it creates a lot of community around those companies. They feel a part of a cohort um, as well as a part of a broader generator family, if you will. Um, and then we provide a lot of value add in addition to our cash. So while most venture capitalists, invest in the company, and then you know maybe they serve on the board of directors and, and help us build the introductions through their network. Our program is a very intensive three-month program in residence where they work out of our office, and that we're providing a lot of structure and efficiency around uh, give, leveraging connections uh, through our network with them. So it's something that we've been doing for a little over three years now. We run two of these accelerator programs per year. So every winter, we do a three-month program in Madison, which actually starts tomorrow. Uh, With five companies every fall. We do a three-month program in Milwaukee also with five companies Um, But despite the fact that we're based in Wisconsin really companies apply to our program and we invest in companies from all over the country So uh, we've invested in companies from not only Wisconsin, but also Minneapolis Chicago and Boston and New York and Indianapolis and Toronto and Mexico and um, Detroit you name it
0: Interesting yeah, generator has been great for Wisconsin. Definitely has, uh, I think, put Wisconsin a little bit more on the map. So, in and and just three short years, too. So you guys, you guys have been. Busy. Yeah, well, thanks.
1: <laughs> we're working hard. We, we uh, you know, what I like to say is that you know, there's definitely people that have done this before us, but we hope that we're we're running faster than everyone, <laughs> sprinting to, to get That's
0: ahead. Right. I like that. What? Uh, so, how did you start the generator? What was the?
1: Yeah. So. Um, today, Joe Kurgis, my, my fellow co-founder, and I are, you know, serve as the managing directors of Generator. Um, but it really, I mean, the story really goes back to a, to a program called 94 Labs that my partner, Joe Kurgis, um, was a partner at. So 94 Labs really was the first of its kind. It's the first accelerator in Wisconsin. Um, and they really proved the model. And at the same time, I think Joe will tell you himself that he learned a lot of lessons um, by going through that experience and, and working with companies through 94 Labs. Uh, eventually 94 Labs, um, shut down and that left Joe wanting to continue the accelerator model in Wisconsin. And so Joe was fortunate enough to then, uh, find a group of investors out of the Milwaukee area led by Dan Armbrist, who's a serial entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur, as well as angel investor, uh, here in Wisconsin, as well as Dan Bader, who's a, a successful entrepreneur himself and, and, uh, a n- noted philanthropist out of the Milwaukee area. Um, so the Dan's uh, ultimately put together the funding and created Generator, um, along with Joe, and I joined shortly thereafter, uh, also as a co-founder. Um, so that was in 2012. The first Generator program kicked off in the summer of 2012 in Milwaukee, and ever since then, we've been doing two programs a year, alternating between Milwaukee and Madison, um, and getting more and more applications in terms of companies that are applying a, broader diversity in terms of industry as well as geographic diversity uh, in terms of the, where the companies come from and the types of companies that they are. Uh, and it continues to grow. So our first program in the summer of 2012, we had 90 applications. Uh, and then we can compare that with our, our now our eighth program, which will take place here in Madison, where we had 544 applications. Wow. Uh, so definitely That's increasingly and very competitive.
0: Interesting. Interesting. And- from uh, 2012 till now, what uh, since you weren't, you know, you didn't have a lot of experience as an accelerator, but yeah, experience as an entrepreneur. Yeah. What, what have you learned from in uh, you know, the last three yeah, years? Yeah, good
1: question. Huh. I'd say the biggest things are, um, you know, as we expand our network, you know, that really um, helps with not only our reputation, but more importantly, the quality of outcomes that we can help facilitate for the entrepreneurs that we invest in. So. Um, now you know we have partnerships with American Family Insurance, who's a big sponsor of Generator. Uh, we work with a number of corporations on a on a consulting and you know sponsorship basis. We have a, a large and growing network of venture capitalists that we syndicated and invested in deals with uh, throughout the country, and so that network continues to grow. Um, and really, the companies that now come through the program have have the benefit of that, as well as the alumni have the benefit of that, as we, we continue to try to add value to all of our company. Um, so I think focusing on expanding and growing our network has really been, uh, something that we learned and something that we actively, uh, work very hard on expanding.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And that just gets more powerful the longer you guys are around. So in, in 20 yeah, years, that's the goal. I mean, <laughs> <you'll> be... <laughs> yeah, watch out. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, we want to get in a virtuous cycle, right? So the, the better outcomes that our companies have, you know, that, and newest to our benefit we get a lot of brand goodwill and word of mouth from that positive word of mouth from our alumni you know there's nothing better than one of our alums referring another company that maybe they went to school with or they were a co-worker with or uh, had some other entrepreneurial venture with we want that as much as possible and you know from our alumni from our mentors from the, the investors that invest in our company um, the more word of mouth the better
0: No, that makes sense and so do you, so you guys invest in a variety of companies and which, mm-hmm. which I like. And I always like, I mentioned, I always like seeing what you're going to, what you guys invest in. So how, do you guys have an investment thesis or process? Or yeah, do you, wait, sure. Yeah. You know, and that's so, uh, and, and how you has know, that as evolved you, from the beginning to
1: point out, yeah. you know, you know, we're very much industry agnostic. So we've done everything from B2B fast to, uh, B2C e-commerce to hardware and IOT. Um, We even have a a company that's building a curing machine for smoothies, if you can imagine that, Um, all the way to even a CPG company. So uh, we've done a lot of different stuff, uh, and that's something we're really proud of. So when we're evaluating applications and when when we're out recruiting companies to apply to the program, at the end of the day, our filter is, is this a venture-backable opportunity? Is this attacking a large and growing market that justifies the venture capital investment at some point in the company's life cycle? Um, so, you know, that excludes, you know, you know, what are known as traditional lifestyle businesses and and things of that nature. Next, we're looking at the team. We we ultimately are investing in people. We want to make sure it's a great team, a really complete team, a capable team. Um, uh, you know, so a great example is we're not going to invest in a team that has to outsource their technology, um, if they're a technology company that is. Right. So it kind of be like you don't want to hire a lawyer that has to outsource their legal work. Um, you know, that's the analogy we would draw. And then um, do we think we can add value? So through the mentors that we know that are in our network, through the other angel investors and VCs that are in our network, is this something that they would have an appetite for investing in? Uh, our corporate partners and sponsors that we work with, is this something that they might be interested in, either as a customer or a strategic partner? Um, we weigh all those different criteria. Uh, and ultimately uh, make a decision from there. Um, but that's lent itself to being very opportunistic and industry agnostic. Um, we think that is something that we started on mostly because we needed to get started and we didn't, you know, even if we wanted to choose a vertical like only healthcare IT or only B2B SaaS, uh, even if we wanted to do that early on, we just didn't have the deal flow to justify it or the brand recognition or or, or any of those things. And so we had to be industry agnostic, you know, almost by default. However, it's become a concerted decision on our part to remain that way. Um And I think it's, it's to the benefit of our companies and the, co- and the companies that go through our program, because, you know, if you're a healthcare IT company going through Generator, I can guarantee you that you're the number one healthcare IT company in each of our cohorts. Because we only invest in five companies at a time, it's, it's very rare that we have two companies that are of the same business model type or even in the same industry. Um, Whereas if a company had to go to a, you know, let's say a healthcare specific accelerator, you know, they run the risk of being out of a cohort of 10 companies. They run the risk of being the number 10 healthcare IT company um, that investors are seeing on demo day or at a pitch event. Um, So we very much focus on that. And it really helps because when we take these companies out to the marketplace of investors, different investors have different themes and focuses uh, and, and we've been really successful at getting our companies funded uh, on a follow on funding basis coming out of the program. And I think that's part and parcel to the fact that we have such a diverse mix of companies and there's almost always something for everyone when it comes to investment.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you, you answered all my, uh, all my questions, my follow-up questions. So that was, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and you don't have to say one if you want, but are there one or two companies that you're especially excited about? I know you're excited about all of them, but uh, yeah, is there uh, some a couple companies that you really think are yeah definitely away? yeah
1: absolutely? I mean, we've been really fortunate to have uh, a really high survival rate amongst our company. So over the last three years now, we've completed seven programs. We've invested in thirty eight companies total. Um combined those thirty eight companies have now gone on to raise collectively about seventy-five million dollars in follow on capital. Um, so we're really proud of that. You know, we're also really proud of the fact that only three companies have gone out of business out of the wow. out of the thirty eight investments we've made. Huh. So the rest are still alive and, and, and growing and uh, that's a stat that we're really proud of proud of. Um, you know, if I had to speak about one, we're really proud of uh I took a company here in Madison, East Street. So uh, they just closed um, an additional round of funding of $15 million this past December, um, and they continue to, to defy all of our expectations and, and grow at a tremendous rate. They're up to over 100 employees here in Madison, um, and they're just doing a fantastic job of uh, attracting restaurants to their. It's a, it's a restaurant ordering, uh, excuse me, a food ordering platform that connects consumers with restaurants for takeout and delivery. Um, so, they continue to do a great job of adding new restaurants and new markets and new cities to their platform, as well as growing that consumer base uh, who are placing the orders on the East Street platform. So, we're truly proud of those guys and, and see great things ahead for them. So,
0: well, that leads to my next question. So, with East Street, you know, they've done quite well. So, have, do, have you mm-hmm. seen common themes, or do you, maybe it's too early, but. I mean, what's Eat Street doing right that maybe some other companies are struggling with? I mean, is it timing? Is yeah, it it's the a good question. Execution? You execution.
1: Know, I never, I never want to say that there's, there's no such thing as absolute when it comes to anything entrepreneurial related. Um, but I think there are some commonalities, and you know, one of them is, you know, is this a pain point that the founders have themselves? So is it a pain that they've lived through and they're trying to solve this issue? So in the case of Eat Street, Eric Martel, one of the co-founders. Um, was a computer science major. Uh, He was spending, you know, a lot of all-nighters cranking away, writing code for assignments or other projects he was working on. Uh, And he wanted to order food, and there was no easy way for him to do that and have it be delivered. So, uh, you know, he devised this concept of if only there was a single platform in Madison where he could pick his favorite restaurant, like a sub place or Chinese food or gyros or pizza, you name it, where he could, you know, scroll through a digital food court, place an order, and have it delivered. Uh, so he wanted an easy way to do that, and um, each street became that solution. He built that solution uh, here locally for himself as the pain point that he had personally. Uh, so I think that's a commonality across a lot of successful companies. Um, and then I think it's those intangibles. You know, are these people that are perseverant? Um, that, uh, you know, formidable is kind of, if I had to pick one adjective to describe successful entrepreneurs, it's, are they formidable? Uh, and, and in fact, Paul Graham, the founder of Y Combinator, has a great blog post um, that talks about, you know, what it takes to be a formidable founder. And it's something that investors try to sniff out or parse out to uh, be a test in who they want to invest in. And really that, you know, if I had to sum that up, it, it's something to the effect of, you know, are these people who who get their way? Do they have a vision, and, and do they find a path to execute on that vision um, without letting stuff permanently get in their way to accomplishing that goal? So, um, so
0: when you when you're doing your due diligence, how do you identify that? True. Yeah, it's a lot yeah, of intangibles.
1: <laughs> I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know, past past entrepreneurial success, or even failure, but past entrepreneurial experience certainly
0: okay.
1: uh, can speak to that. Uh, it could be organizational involvement if you're talking about a college student. Maybe it's someone who started or led a student organization on campus. Um, it can be found in athletics on the on the athletics field. It can be found in you know the nonprofit world. Um, so so it's a lot of those intangibles that you look at. But again, there's no hard and fast or there's no objective or obvious litmus test for that <laughs> formidability. No, of,
0: course, of course not. No, no. <laughs> Just curious. Uh, so now I'm going to ask a a big question and maybe. Maybe this is a a little silly, but I like asking these questions. So if you know you've done quite well, but if you wanted to, let's say, become Y Combinator, you know, which you might be someday, um, you know, if you had infinite resources, what would you need in order to become, you know, more even more like a Y Combinator? What it's money, a larger <laughs> network, an office in different locations. What? Yeah, of- good
1: question. Um, you know, so we've really been, uh, you know, happy to be. Founded and based uh, here in Wisconsin, and 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 we continue to uh, and we will continue to remain here in Wisconsin. You know, I'd say in terms of next steps, where we go with this, we're really proud of a new program that we launched uh, summer of 2015 called G Beta. Um, So one thing that we are seeing is uh, an increase in the number of -of out-of-state applications applying to our program, and and being a for-profit venture fund accelerator. Uh, we owed it to our limited partners, to our investors to invest in the companies that we thought were the best opportunities for a financial return for them. Um, But we also knew that there's great universities, UW-Madison being the flagship here in Wisconsin that were, that had a lot of capabilities in terms of technology and research, as well as the people, the talent, the entrepreneurs on those campuses. Um, But we weren't seeing enough of those traits turning into companies here locally in Wisconsin. Um, So our idea was to create G Beta, which is a pre accelerator program uh, that focuses exclusively on entrepreneurs and startups with any sort of affiliation to any Wisconsin college or university. Um, And it's all meant to drive more volume through our platform and our platform really being our network, our community, our experience that we've built over the last three years, you know, laboring and doing this work um, and trying to help more companies, you know, uh, learn about our methodology, uh, learn about best practices across the startup world and industry uh, and help them grow to a point or at least experiment uh, and seeing if entrepreneurship is the right fit for them um, to potentially be a quality candidate for Generator itself or another Accelerator or you know leapfrog that entirely and raise Angel or Venture Capital you know, immediately coming out of that program. So we're running G-Beta three times a year in Madison. Um, each of those cohorts has five startups that we work with. Uh, and again, we're really focused on increasing the quality and quantity of spin from Wisconsin colleges and universities. We think that's a really interesting product. And, you know, if we were to expand, I think that would be a product that we'd look mm. to, to take to other markets. It really helps feed the ecosystem. Um, uh, you know, case in point in our next generator cohort, we have two G beta graduates that'll be a part of that. Um, so mm. we're already starting to bear fruit from that what what really was an experiment for us, we're already starting to get validation from that experiment and, and it's proving itself to be valuable. Um so going back to your question, we very much see ourselves expanding in the coming years, um, both with Generator, with G beta, uh, and, and with other initiatives that we probably haven't even thought of yet. Um so we we definitely think a geographic expansion is in order. Um as well as, you know, just increasing the volume of companies that we think we can add value to through our platform, whether that's a generator or, or G beta or any sort of, you know, meetups that we put on or conferences that, you know, we look to put on, um, we want to increase the amount of value add we can provide to startups wherever we are.
0: That's no, that's awesome. I, I like the vision. Now no, you just, uh, Yeah, what state would you go to next or have you guys even thought thought i don't know um college Um, town i don't know
1: i mean the the obvious stuff would be other college towns um uh, metropolitan markets within close proximity to wisconsin that'd probably be the most obvious but you know never rule anything out you know we've even (laughs) invested one company from canada and one company from mexico and you think both of those markets are underserved too so uh i don't want to rule anything out at this point
0: well that'll be exciting to see what you do um yeah, stay so, tuned. <laughs> stay tuned, everyone. Uh, so, let's. Uh, I have a couple more questions, then we'll uh, we'll part ways here. But uh, one is, and I feel like this topic is, is often beaten to death. But, uh, um, you know how to get more startups and venture capital in Wisconsin and Massachusetts? Let's say Wisconsin. You know, if you're being brutally honest, besides, I mean, I've seen, I saw one interview, you know, you mentioned that uh, we need more uh, success stories like a jellyfish, which makes sense. Um, yeah. What else do you think we need in order to really turn up our startup scene here in, in Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, good I feel question. Like, I feel like you're doing a lot already with your your couple of programs, but. Uh, yeah. I since-
1: think we need to make sure that, you know, we're separating signal from noise very much in terms of programs that exist or new programs that are starting, um, you know, we, we're, we view the entrepreneur as our customer. Uh, I'm not sure that every organization or program or, you know, whether it's federal, state, local, nonprofit, for-profit, university-based, private sector-based, you know, there certainly are great programs, good programs, and then there's some that I think fall short. So I think as a community, we need to increasingly measure and evaluate programs that exist. And for those that are not um, proving successful, I think we need to reallocate resources, which in some cases, it's even just airtime and and mindshare and attention uh, towards those programs that are delivering value, that are reporting and hitting quality metrics. I think that's really important for us as a community. Um, Next, you know, one thing, uh, one cause that we really have is how can we increase the amount of corporate involvement in the entrepreneurial sector? Uh, and I think American Family Insurance is a great example of a corporation that's really drank the Kool-Aid on this issue. So everything from, you know, their leadership with Jack Salswiel down to, um, Peter Gunder and Dan Reed with their American Family Ventures initiative, uh, which is their corporate venture capital fund. They've just done a tremendous job in terms of, um, best practices of invigorating an existing successful large corporation with a startup mindset by not only purchasing from startups, But striking strategic partnerships with startups, uh, investing directly into startups, and even acquiring companies—we want to see more of that. Uh, We want to see more corporations like American Family throughout Wisconsin uh, that are stepping up, and and, you know, it starts with just buying from startups. See startups as a potential vendor. Uh, From there, it can progress into you know other strategic partnerships where you can. Scramble the eggs even more with a startup uh, entity, uh, all the way to direct investment and even MA activity. Uh, we want to see more of that from Wisconsin corporations. And we definitely think, um, we'll, I, I hope that we'll see more of that in the coming years.
0: Hmm. No, that's, that's a good answer. I haven't uh, heard that, especially around the corporate uh, yeah. perspective. That makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I mean, traditionally, corporations in Wisconsin have not been very. Uh, likely to do a lot of acquisitions. It's a lot different than in California. Or yeah, like we York. want to see more of that. Yeah. I mean,
1: California is such a great feedback loop where um, – uh, and some of it is even an issue of non compete. So I think that's an issue that we as a state uh-huh. need to address at some point too. Um, but, you know, you look at a, a, a Silicon Valley ecosystem where you have, you know, quality entrepreneurs or engineers or project managers, program managers who – leave a company, leave a tech company like Apple, Google, Microsoft, Yahoo uh, to go start their own company. And lo and behold, oftentimes the company they leave frequently is the company that acquires them. Yeah. Uh, and that's to be expected. That That's not viewed as strange or extraordinary. Um, I think we need to see more of that culture uh, here in Wisconsin and here in the Midwest.
0: Definitely. And so with your corporate partners, do you uh, help them try to be more innovative, creative. Is that part of, is it? Definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Guys? I mean, we work with these companies to help them, uh, you know, help them think about how they can be more progressive and in, in how they view innovation and in incorporating startups and purchasing from startups and potentially investing in startups. Uh, and we want to see more of that. Absolutely.
0: Nice. Well, and
1: connect, I should, I should point out connecting them with each other. So connecting them with their peers at, 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 Huh, and colleagues at corporations uh to learn best practices from each other and you know sometimes you know you might feel lonely as the only person here corporation that, that's thinking such a way um but when you can be you know five or ten other people at, at other corporations in similar positions all encouraging you to, to you know to do uh your passion and your work um becomes a lot more higher chance of happening higher probability
0: yeah just the, the network and the energy you guys are creating is it's great so uh
1: Thank we pre- you.
0: We all appreciate, appreciate it. it. <laughs> um, and uh, so lastly, and sometimes I like to end on a personal note, if uh, if you had to eat at one restaurant in Madison every day, which rest- restaurant would it be? Uh, that's
1: a good question. Uh, so my, my colleagues uh, would probably make fun of me because I love going to IHOP. <laughs> right, uh, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of breakfast 24-7. <laughs> uh, so I'm a huge breakfast eater. I love going to IHOP on University Avenue. Uh, that being said, that, that's a bad answer, because if I had to pick one place, I uh, <laughs> can't answer. say something like IHOP. So I'd have to say Tornado Room. I love a good oh, a yeah. good steak. Uh, they have great food there, so I always love going to Tornado Room. I don't think I could afford it, being yeah, there right. very much, but <laughs> if I had unlimited resources, that'd be a good, good choice. Good
0: choices. I like it. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, that's all I have for you, so... Definitely cool. appreciate taking the time. This is great, and uh, like yeah, said, thanks, Dave. Y- y- you're My pleasure. Awesome. So, uh, all right, well, well, thanks for doing this
1: and helping spread the word.
0: Oh yeah, and thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time on uh, Fly Over Labs.